goodness. Good morning, good afternoon, whatever it is for you. I hope you are having a fantastic day. My name is Zach Schaumler, and this is Strong Opinion Sports. Thank you so very much for tuning in. Good God, it feels great to be back. I, I love this. I love doing this so much. Today is Saturday, February 10th. It is the very end of Saturday. It's very late on Saturday. Uh, this should probably go out on Sunday morning. I, I, I want to start this by apologizing. I, I'm so sorry. I try to be very professional with the way I do the show. I try to hit my Monday, Wednesday, Friday promise every single week. I try to do a show every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, three shows a week. I created those deadlines for myself, and I wanted to apologize. You know, I, I hate excuses. I try to never make excuses, and I try to be incredibly hard on myself. Well, I'm learning. Um, Thursday was a hard day for me. I, you know, it's the It was the anniversary of my younger brother's death, and I'm learning that there are two days, the anniversary of his death and his birthday, which is in December, February and December. There are two dates that just, uh, they're really tough for me. I I try to fight it. I try to be incredibly aware that they're going to be hard days, and I try to have a normal day, but I I just, I'm learning that's tough for me. I'm not destroyed on those two dates, but I'm a little off. I have a hard time focusing. You know, for example, it took me an hour to write one page uh, of paper. It just takes forever. So I dropped the ball. I apologize. I don't like missing Friday shows. To make up for it, I'm recording right now. But I'm really, really excited. I mean, I have a great podcast prepared. There's a couple things that happened last week I really want to get into. And basically, this is this is basically an unofficial Jimmy Garoppolo podcast at this point. I, I am obsessed with Jimmy Garoppolo. I love Jimmy Garoppolo. And I can't wait to talk about his new contract later. I want to start with this. Earlier in the week, the Cleveland Cavaliers made a huge deal. In fact, they made a bunch of different deals, uh, and it was quite impressive. I was like, wow, they made a bunch of deals right at the trade deadline to make their team not only better, um, but younger. And I really liked it. I really props to Kobe Altman, the general manager of the Cleveland Cavaliers. I was, I was shocked. I was impressed. I thought they did a great job making moves, and I want to talk about that right now. So first, what the Cavaliers did is they got rid of Isaiah Thomas and Channing Frye. They sent them to the Los Angeles Lakers. They got rid of Jay Crowder and Derrick Rose, sending them to the Jazz. They sent Iman Shumpert and Joe Johnson to the Kings. And they also traded away Dwayne Wade. Kind of unrelated. It was more of a favor. They sent him to the Miami Heat so he could return home and have kind of a nice homecoming moment. Now, here's why I really like this trade. What they brought in, they brought in Jordan Clarkson, Larry Nance Jr., George Hill, and Rodney Hood. They acquired them through trades. I really, really like this move. That's fantastic. Uh, I'm going to offer analysis of that in the next topic, and I'm going to break down the trade in the very next topic. But first, there's something everybody is missing from these moves. Everybody is, it's like they have a a patch over their eye. They just can't see something from this. People aren't realizing the Golden State Warriors still exist. (laughs) Like We're all excited. It's great. The Cavs significantly improved. It's really awesome. But here's the example I will use. I drive a 1995 Toyota Corolla. And, and friends of mine, I used to work at a car place. Friends of mine from the car place would tune up their cars all the time. They would make small adjustments to make their car run better and a little bit faster. And they would race them around. They went off-roading. They did all the stuff. They would tune up their car to improve their car. Well, a Bugatti Veyron is one of the fastest cars in the entire world world it goes 268 miles per hour and that's closer to 300 miles an hour than 200 a bugatti veyron is a world-class car one of the best car and one of the fastest cars ever to exist and be at least street legal 
no matter what kind of adjustments I make to my 1995 Toyota Corolla, no matter how much I tune up my car, I will never, ever beat a Bugatti Veyron in a race. It's just not going to happen. All the trades and all the adjustments that the Cleveland Cavaliers made, they're still not able to beat the Golden State Warriors. And that's the narrative everybody's missing and has been kind of driving me nuts this week. We're going deep into the analysis. Oh, it's good. There's this, there's that. The Warriors are still out there. <laughs> like The Warriors are, are not beatable still. I, I don't know. I just, that's, that's my one thing. I, I did like the trade. Yeah, you know, really, I thought this was good. The Cleveland Cavaliers are better at shooting. They have better defense. And now they're, they have three months to kind of figure it out and see if they can compete with the Warriors. I don't think they can. Once Kevin Love returns from his injury, the Cleveland Cavaliers roster will be roughly this. This will be their starting lineup. George Hill, LeBron James, J.R. Smith, Tristan Thompson, and again, Kevin Love when he returns from an injury. And maybe Osmond, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not an NBA coach. But man, you're telling me that collection of guys, uh, LeBron's in there great, but that collection of guys cannot beat Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green. Like, guys, you can tune up your car all you want. You're never going to beat a Bugatti Veyron in a, a race. The, the Golden State Warriors are Bugatti Veyron trying to race against a Toyota Corolla. I love the Cavs, but they're, it's not happening for them. They're not going to beat the Warriors. Congratulations to the Golden State Warriors on winning another NBA title because that is what is going to happen. And they made great moves. The Cavaliers did a fantastic job. But they're still not going to beat the Warriors. I'm not convinced anybody can beat the Warriors. Just pointing out, I, I like the move. I hope I'm wrong. I would be so happy if I was wrong. I God, I'm rooting for the Cavs. I want the Cavaliers to beat the Warriors, but I just don't think it's going to happen. I, I don't think it's possible. Let's break down the trade, though, anyways, because the Cavaliers made a ton of trades at the All-Star break, and I, I, I have a lot to say about them. I think it's fantastic. I think they made great moves. And once again, if you missed it earlier... The Cavaliers got rid of Isaiah Thomas, Channing Frye to the Lakers, Jay Crowder, Derek Rose, Iman Shumpert, Joe Johnson, and Dwayne Wade. A lot of names. They brought in Jordan Clarkson, Larry Nance Jr., George Hill, and Rodney Hood. I'm sorry. One of the rules in broadcasting is don't name a lot of names in a row. I apologize. I just did that. Get over it. Um, I think this is great. Uh, these, these were incredible moves. I don't know. I... I I knew they were going to try something at the All-Star break, but I just did not think it was going to go as well as it went. I mean, this really, Kobe Altman, the Cavaliers general manager, could not have done a better job. This was incredible. I, I, I don't know. I just criticized them. I said they're not going to be able to beat the, the Warriors, but that that's a null point because the Cavaliers could not have improved their team any more. They did two major things. The Cavaliers did two major things that significantly helps them. They made the Cavs better now. And they made the Cavs better next year. LeBron may want to play with this roster another year, but even if he leaves, so LeBron might want to stay. He might want to stay with this Cavaliers roster they have in place now. But even if he leaves, even if LeBron James leaves the Cavaliers, they will be okay. They have a good roster in place. They got younger, they got better at shooting, and they got better at defense. This, the new guys they have in place are a much better fit to play with LeBron James. They got rid of a lot of guys who are ball dominant. Guys who need the ball in their hands to make plays. The Cavs got rid of Isaiah Thomas, who's terrible at defense. Derrick Rose and Jay Crowder, they weren't working. 
And Dwayne Wade is coming off the bench now, so he can go to Miami. He can play a lot more. He can kind of have a coming home. That was really unrelated to getting rid of everybody else. I think Dwayne Wade was just kind of an afterthought, an accoutrement, letting, like kind of giving Dwayne Wade a favor. Here, here you go. Have a good end to your career. But I like this. I mean, Isaiah Thomas, not, this is not including Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade, I don't think was bad for the locker room at all. But Isaiah Thomas, Jay Crowder, Derrick Rose, they were bad for the locker room. They, were, they, were, they just weren't good. It wasn't healthy. There wasn't a good environment going on with them. Now the Cavaliers have Rodney Hood who can score. They have George Hill, who's great at threes. And both of those guys are spot-up shooters, which means LeBron can have the ball in his hands a lot and dish it out to guys who can make shots. They don't need the ball in their hands. They can catch and shoot. Larry Nance Jr. is good. He's big. He hustles. He brings rim protection. And Jordan Clarkson isn't terrible. He's a, he's a good point guard. He's a good backup point guard, com- good backup point guard coming off the bench. Now, now, the key to this... All of these guys are younger. They all have years left on their contract. And the other key is they were able to keep the Brooklyn pick. They still have the Brooklyn Nets first round pick, which is going to be a high draft pick. So if LeBron does bail, you can keep the pick. If LeBron decides to stay with you, you can use that as an asset to go get a better player to play with LeBron. I like it. I think this is great. And think, listen to this. Rodney Hood is 25. Larry Nance Jr. is 25. Jordan Clarkson's 25, and and George Hill is 31. They're younger. They're good for the Cavaliers' future. This helps them win now, and this helps them win next year. And they fixed their locker room issues. That's a huge deal. The guys they brought in came from bad teams, and they will be happy to play for the Cavs. The Cavs, being on the Cavs roster is a big reward. If If I was playing for the Lakers, not going anywhere, and suddenly I'm on the Cavaliers with a ch- I'm going to make the playoffs pretty sure and I have a chance to play in the finals. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. I'm all for that. Now, I still don't think the Cavaliers can beat the Warriors. But the Cavaliers are far better now. They could not have made any better moves at the trade deadline. I don't think there was anything they could have done to make it so they could beat the Warriors. The Cavaliers, I'm telling you, this is the moves they made at this trade deadline could not have been any better. This is the best case scenario for them, and it's it's really impressive. I, I couldn't believe they got so much, not incredible talent. These guys aren't, there's a reason their teams got rid of them, but they do help you win. They are good role players that can contribute and make plays, and they're better than the role players they had. They're better than Isaiah Thomas, Jay Crowder, Dwayne Wade, and Derrick Rose. They're an improvement, and to, to trade all these assets and still somehow improve your team that much, I don't know how they pulled it off. And it's really impressive. We have a great show today. I'm going to talk a lot about... I'm going to, well, I'm going, to, I'm going to talk about Jimmy Garoppolo. First of all, we're going to talk about the 49ers quarterback. I'm going to react to him signing the biggest contract in NFL history. I'm going to share my thoughts on it. I think you'll enjoy that. And we're transitioning from the NFL season to the NBA season. I, the NFL never really ends. Like, I really miss football every week. But the NFL is not going away. We're going to talk a lot about it this, on this show. We're going to, talk, we're going to have a great offseason. We're going to talk a lot about the NFL draft. We'll talk about free agency. I can't wait. I, I think this NFL offseason is going to be incredible. So even though the NFL season is ending, we are not done with football by any stretch of the imagination. I'm going to recap the NFL season in this show. What did we learn from this season in the NBA and because the NBA in the NFL and because the NBA is starting, we're going to talk about the biggest storylines in the NBA. Yes, I did say the NBA is starting because for me, 
the minute the Super Bowl ends, basketball begins. Not a moment sooner, not a moment after. I do talk about it a little bit if there are big news stories, but for the most part, basketball doesn't start until the Super Bowl ends. We're also going to talk about Draymond Green. Uh, There was a big controversial ejection of Draymond Green uh, last week. I have some interesting thoughts about it, and that's very interesting. Why did Draymond Green get ejected? You can subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and on YouTube. You can find the full entire hour-long podcast on YouTube. You can also find my best, most interesting clips on YouTube. Tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. If you like this show, help me grow by telling your friends about it. Share this podcast with your friends. That will help me grow, and I would really Really appreciate it. Share it on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, maybe Reddit. I don't understand Reddit at all. Help me grow by telling your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. Last I checked, we were at 435 subscribers, which is just incredible. I love that. I think that is so cool. We were at 400 last week. I was remember really excited about 400, and we're just growing like crazy. I love it. It is a ton of fun. Now, before we talk about Jimmy Garoppolo, I want to say something really quickly. Jameel Hill and Michael Smith, these are two names you might have known from ESPN. Well, recently they've been making a lot of political comments, and Jameel Hill has actually left ESPN. I want to be very clear. This is a sports show, not a political show. I'm here to talk about sports. You're here to listen to me talk about sports. I promise. I make a vow now. We are going to stay committed to sports. We will not talk about politics I know why you're here. I don't want to waste your time. I've been watching a lot of larger networks kind of shift into politics, and it drives me nuts. We're here to talk about sports, and I'm making that promise now. We are committed to sports. We're going to stick to sports, and that is how I operate my show. I hope you like that. That's, I like that. I, I like that approach. I hope you like that approach. Oh, All right, 49ers fans, here we go. You guys are going to enjoy this. You're going to enjoy this segment. I'm going to take a glass of water first, and we're going to get into Jimmy Garoppolo and his new contract. So, Jimmy Garoppolo just signed a five-year deal worth $137.5 million. A five-year deal, $137.5 million. This is the most a quarterback will ever make per year. It's fantastic. And this is no surprise. Every single quarterback deal, every time a big-time quarterback signs a contract, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Every team is one-upping the next. And Jimmy Garoppolo deserves it. I believe this. Last year, I heard people talk about how Derek Carr was the next Aaron Rodgers. No, no, no. Let me be very clear. The next Aaron Rodgers plays in San Francisco, not Oakland. I guess Vegas now coming up soon, but... Jimmy Garoppolo is the next Aaron Rodgers. Jimmy Garoppolo is incredible. I mean, the 49ers went from the worst offense in the entire NFL to suddenly add Jimmy Garoppolo and suddenly they're better than most playoff teams. It's unbelievable. Jimmy Garoppolo is worth every penny. You know, I, I really think Jimmy Garoppolo is comparable to Aaron Rodgers. The way Aaron Rodgers elevates the Packers, Jimmy Garoppolo does the exact same thing. And Jimmy Garoppolo is unbelievable. I'm a big fan of him. I think he's fantastic. It's a great, great signing for the 49ers. Now, I said last week, uh, I said I hope he doesn't sign the biggest contract ever, but I can't blame him either. You know, if I got offered a huge contract, I'm going to take it. And this is Jimmy Garoppolo's first real payday of his entire career. This is the first big contract he's ever signed. He deserves the money. He's well worth it. 
I will say though, um, I don't know that I would, we'll talk about it. I don't know that I would have wanted him to sign the biggest contract of all time. I still believe that. Uh, for now though, for now, the 49ers have a ton of cap space and they can absolutely afford to sign Jimmy Garoppolo to a huge deal. To sign Jimmy Garoppolo to the biggest deal of all time, you need a lot of cap space and they still have a ton of cap space left. The average salary for Jimmy Garoppolo now is $27.5 million. Now in 2018, because of signing bonuses and other things, he will be a $37 million uh, cap hit. He will cost $37 million against the salary cap. But the 49ers still have... 62 or $63 million to spend in 2018. They're fine. Cap space is not a problem yet in San Francisco. But I want to point out, Joe Flacco, Matthew Stafford, Derek Carr. I remember every time they signed, it was the biggest deal we've ever seen. And all of them missed the playoffs last year. This is not a problem anytime soon for the 49ers. But remember when Russell Wilson signed his huge contract? Well, now, years later, because of that contract, because there's so much money tied up, they're going to have a hard time retaining players and signing free agents. The more you play, guys, the less you can... The more you pay one person, the less you can pay others. I'm just saying, I hope uh, that when it comes time to sign other players, in three or four years, when salary cap and, and cap room is a problem in San Francisco, I would hope... Jimmy Garoppolo is willing to take a pay cut to sign new guys. There's a reason why Tom Brady's the 15th highest paid quarterback in the NFL. Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback of all time. And yet he took a pay cut so he could play with better players. And and I really hope Jimmy Garoppolo does it. It's not a problem anytime soon. But if it does become a problem, if cap space does become a problem down the road, I would really hope Jimmy Garoppolo has the self-awareness the graciousness and the desire to win enough to take a pay cut so you can sign more guys. Jimmy Garoppolo deserves the money. I, I do not. I hope that's clear. He, he's, I think, going to be the best quarterback in, NF, in the NFL very soon. Like very, very quickly. I think that will happen much more quickly than people even realize. I think he could even compete for a Super Bowl next year. Jimmy Garoppolo is incredible. But Tom Brady, the greatest of all time, is the 15th highest paid quarterback. Derek Carr missed the playoffs. Joe Flacco missed the playoffs. Matthew Stafford missed the playoffs. Who signed the two biggest contracts of all time this offseason? Matthew Stafford and Derek Carr. Cap space is not a problem yet, but it will be. So 49ers fans, just be aware. This contract's awesome. He deserves the money, absolutely. I just hope when the day comes that cap space becomes a problem, Jimmy Garoppolo is willing to restructure his deal. I would hope... It's a lot to ask. I hope he's willing to restructure his deal so the 49ers can sign star veterans, sign star free agents, and win more games down the road. But man, what a great move. I'm so excited for 49ers fans. Again, Jimmy Garoppolo is just like Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers puts the Packers on his back. The way Jimmy Garoppolo elevated the 49ers last season was unbelievable. I love Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm a big fan of his, and I can't wait to see what he does down the road in the future. Oh, let's talk about Draymond Green. Uh, the other day, the other day, Draymond Green did this. He's the quarterback for them. He's the motor. They're gonna get they it. They got it. Offensive. 
See, that easy could have been a yeah, yeah, gone. I told you. Yeah, he's yeah. gone. He's gone. He's gone. Yeah. Yeah. You knew that was coming. Yep. This got Draymond Green his second technical foul and ultimately got him ejected from the game. This was met with all kind of all kinds of outrage. People on Twitter were angry. I got a couple texts about it. You see what happened to Draymond Green? As if Draymond Green is some kind of victim and this horrible thing happened to him. Lots and lots of fans were mad and said that this was unfair, that Draymond Green should not have been ejected. I don't know. Um... Here are some facts. Draymond Green has been ejected three times this season. He also has 14 technical fouls. So for me, there was a guy named Roger in my science class junior year. He was kind of a punk. He liked to always interrupt class. He would intentionally screw up experiments. He was a pain in the butt. He would go out of his way to cause problems. I'm not saying Draymond Green does this, but when Roger would talk in class... The teacher would jump on him. The teacher would shut him down immediately. Not actually jump on him, obviously. The teacher would just say, hey, hey, you be quiet. And normally that would be an overreaction. But because Roger had a reputation for causing trouble, it was justified. Draymond Green also has a reputation for causing trouble. I I love Draymond Green. I think Draymond Green's incredibly competitive. I think he wants to win. I would love to be Draymond Green's teammate, for example. I think he would push me. He would make me a better player. He would challenge me. He'd get in my face. He'd yell. But I know he would want to win, and I think that is where Draymond Green comes from. I'm actually quite a big fan of Draymond Green. But fans that are saying the refs overreacted, mm, I don't know. I think that's what happens when you have a history of acting out. When you have a reputation, you get treated differently than most players. So... I don't know. I don't really have a problem with Draymond Green getting ejected, even though I love the guy. Even though I'm a big fan of his, and I would I would love to have him on my favorite basketball team. I don't really have a favorite basketball team, but if I did, I would want Draymond Green on that team. But, you know, I just, I don't think the ref overreacted. I think that's just what happens when you have a track record. When you have a history of acting out, people are going to very quickly, maybe over not overreact, but they're going to, you're going to have a sore leash. They're going to come after you. So, I don't really have any problem with Draymond Green getting ejected. He needs to have some self-awareness and know, hey, I already have one technical foul in this game. If I do anything even close to remotely out of line, I'm going to get another tech and get thrown out of the game because that's what happens because I'm Draymond Green and I have a history of acting out and people often overreact to my actions. You're not a victim. You need to be a little bit more self-aware and know that you can't really do stuff like that. Otherwise, you, being Draymond Green, are going to get ejected. Yes, the NBA is not out to get you necessarily, but yes, the NBA does treat you a little bit differently because you have a track record. You have a history of acting out. Love Draymond Green. I think ejecting him was completely justified. All right, we are now transitioning to the NFL offseason. It's becoming time for the NBA. Basketball's going away. And the NFL's going away. Not really going away. I mean, the NFL never actually goes away. We have, you know, we have the NFL draft. We have all kinds of free agent signings. I think it's going to be a tremendously fun offseason. But as we transition, because we are now transitioning away from the NFL season into the NFL offseason, I want to run through the league. Where are we now? What, what have we learned from this season? 
Where you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna run through every NFL team and say this is how I kind of the state of every team. So right now the 49ers are one of the best teams in the entire NFL. Between Jimmy Garoppolo, Kyle Shanahan, and John Lynch making moves this offseason, I think the 49ers are poised to make not only a playoff run, I think they actually could make a Super Bowl run. I, I know it's crazy, but expectations are really high in San Francisco. Because the minute Jimmy Garoppolo was added to that roster, they were instantly better than most of the teams in the playoffs. I'm telling you, the 49ers are special, and they could come out swinging next season. Now, the Seahawks are in trouble. The Seahawks must fix their offensive line. They have an offensive line problem, and they need to give Russell Wilson some help. They have aging stars on defense, and they have a low cap space. They don't have a lot of room to sign players, which means... The Seahawks are going to need to trade some guys and make moves to alleviate some cap space and get rid of their aging stars where they still can. Get rid of guys like Richard Sherman and Cam Chancellor where they still have some some value to them. Make a move now, similar to what Bill Belichick would do. Get value while you can. So the Seahawks, they're in trouble, but the Rams, Rams might be one of the best teams in the NFL next season. The Rams are entering year two with Sean McVay. And I think Jared Goff might take an even great, not a greater leap, but he might take another step forward. I really do. The Saints, the Rams, and the 49ers, they are all the best teams in the NFC this season. I think the Eagles will take a step down. We could be talking Rams in the in the Super Bowl next year. I really, I believe that. The Rams and 49ers is a new rivalry I cannot wait to watch. That NFC West is now dominated by the 49ers and the Rams. I'm sorry, Seahawks, but you kind of, I think your window is fading really fast. Now, the Cardinals are a mess. The Arizona Cardinals have a defensive coach. They have a bad draft pick, and they don't have a quarterback. I, I would stay far away. I, I feel really bad for Cardinals fans. They're like the only team in the entire NFC that doesn't have a franchise quarterback. Like, it's, it's a mess. It's scary. Like they don't not only do they not have a franchise quarterback, they don't even have hope of having a franchise quarterback. They're gonna have to pick like Lamar Jackson with the, I think they have the fifteenth overall pick. That's not good. That is not that's not a good situation I would want to be in. Because all the teams that need a quarterback have really high draft picks. The Cardinals do not. Now the Bears, they just hired Matt Nagy to be their head coach. He is the former Chiefs offensive coordinator, and they brought in Mark Helfrich the former Oregon head coach, to be their offensive coordinator. Between Matt Nagy and Mark Helfords, I'm expecting Mitch Trubisky to make a step forward. He needs to show some improvement. If he doesn't, that's on Mitch Trubisky. Because the the coaching in Chicago is trying to build an offense around Mitch Trubisky's strength. Very similar to, uh, what do you call it, standardized testing. I, you know, some teachers, they teach one way, and that's the only way they teach. And other teachers say, we're going to tailor the, our teaching style to best fit the kids. And that is what the Bears are doing. The Bears are creating an offense specifically for Mitch Trubisky. So next season, we need to see Mitch Trubisky take a step forward. If he does not, that's very problematic for Chicago. The Vikings scare me. I think they're going to have a big drop-off, honestly. We have no idea who the Vikings quarterback is next season. We also know they're going to have a first-place schedule, which is bad. Aaron Rodgers is back. Matthew Stafford's going to have a better coach. He's getting, it seems like they're, hopefully, I think the Lions are going to make an improvement and the Bears are going to make an improvement. So the NFC North is no longer going to be dominated by the Vikings. The NFC North is back up for grabs. And I'm worried the Vikings are going to take a significant step down from last season. This was their year, man. And, and 
I think they kind of blew it. I really do. Now, the Packers are interesting because of one person, Aaron Rodgers. The question is, can Aaron Rodgers carry the Packers all the way to the Super Bowl? Like, how far can Aaron Rodgers just literally pick this team up and carry them? Because he doesn't have any help, doesn't have a great defense, doesn't really have any great weapons. He has Jordy Nelson, but the dude gets injured every five minutes. How far can Aaron Rodgers carry the Packers? That is my question, and we will find out. I know he's aiming for another MVP. He very well could get it because if the Packers are going to do anything in the NFC, it's going to be all thanks to Aaron Rodgers because they are not going to get money free agents and they're not, they're just, I don't know. They really don't have a good roster. They're looking before the 49ers got uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. The 49ers looked about like the Packers. And I, I would honestly argue the the 49ers have a significantly better roster than the Packers the Packers are a mess, man. I, I'm really worried about them. The Lions' big question is, is Matthew Stafford capable of winning in the playoffs? Because Matthew Stafford, I mean, look, this year Aaron Rodgers goes down, and the Vikings did all this turmoil at quarterback, and, and Matthew Stafford still didn't deliver. That's a big problem. It really is. He's getting a new coach. I think his defense is going to be even better. I want to see something from Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford, it's time to deliver something. You're getting Matt Patricia, a good young coach, a better defense, I think. And you signed a huge contract last offseason. I need to see something from Matthew Stafford this year. Because if he doesn't, I mean, that's a big problem. We need to see some kind of improvement or a step. It is time for Matthew Stafford to deliver something in Detroit. I think the Falcons are honestly incredibly boring. I don't know. The Falcons are they're the NFC South which is a highly competitive division. And really the only question I have about the Falcons is who is the best wide receiver in the NFL? Is it Julio Jones or Antonio Brown? Cause I just, I can't find really very many interesting storylines for the Falcons. I just, they don't interest me. They've kind of a boring quarterback, kind of a boring coach. They're just like, meh, meh. The Falcons are meh. They're a good, they're a good team. Not a great team. I don't think they're going to be a Super Bowl team again anytime soon. And I just, I don't know. I think the Falcons, they're about where they are now. They, they may be a wildcard team next year. That's about it. The Saints question is, can the Saints win a Super Bowl before Drew Brees retires? I mean, they have no reason not to. They have a great defense. Drew Brees is fantastic. Drew Brees, very similar to the way Tom Brady's aging. It seems like he's aging in reverse. He's getting better every time I see him come back. I mean, the dude is in great shape. He's taking good care of his body. And mentally, he's probably never been better. So I think Drew Brees and the Saints are poised to make a run. I, I really think the NFC is going to come down to the Rams, the 49ers, or the Saints. I think the Saints could be in the Super Bowl. If you take away one freak play, the Saints not only are probably in the Super Bowl, but, man, they had one of the best comebacks in forever in the Vikings' dome. I mean, I really I think highly of the Saints. I think they're fantastic. People are talking about there was a throw against the Vikings where— uh, I think it was Joe Buck said, you know, Drew Brees would have hit that when he was 24 years old. And I said, said, why? Why are we attributing him missing a throw because he's old? That's ageism. I don't think Drew Brees is showing any signs of aging. I, I really don't. I think his arm is fine. He's in great shape. He's taking good care of his body. And I think Drew Brees is going to be back and back with a vengeance next season. The Panthers. Oh, man. 
the Panthers, what Cam Newton are we going to get next year? What version of Cam Newton is going to show up to play in 2018? I have no idea. Two years ago, three years ago, he's great. Two years ago, he's bad. This year, he's back to good. I don't know. I think I, I just, I don't trust Cam. He's not very reliable. But he did play pretty well this year. He had, uh, you know, they, they changed their offense to run Cam Newton quite a bit. I mean, they use Cam Newton very similar to the way the Cowboys use Dak Prescott, except they had him run more. Like, look at the numbers of Dak Prescott and Cam Newton. They're very, very similar. And that's because they were honestly, to be honest, they very clear. The Panthers were limiting Cam Newton this year in the NFL. They weren't using him as much as normal. Um, and I'm just curious who we're going to get at quarterback next year for the Panthers. Are we going to get good Cam or bad Cam? I have no idea. Now, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are a mess. I'm worried about them. Jameis Winston was hurt last year, and the Buccaneers just look terrible. I don't know. I, uh, I, I Actually, I picked the Buccaneers to make a wild card spot, I believe. I think I said they were either in a wild card or right in the hunt, and they weren't even close. Now, the question is, was that because Jameis Winston was injured or because Jameis Winston isn't any good? I don't know. We'll find out. But, man, Jameis Winston concerns me quite a bit. Let's talk about the Eagles, man. The Eagles are going to have a first-place schedule next year, which means their schedule is going to be significantly tougher than it was this year. So if the Eagles are going to get back to the Super Bowl, they have a tough road ahead. Now, what's interesting, though, is they're getting Carson Wentz back. And Carson Wentz, he might offset that. I mean, the Eagles just won a Super Bowl with their backup quarterback. Now they're bringing back Carson Wentz, who was probably the MVP before he got hurt. I mean, the Eagles could. I don't know that. I, I really think the NFC is going to come down to the Saints, the 49ers, or the Rams. But don't forget about the Eagles. They have they have Carson Wentz coming back, and they're retaining their roster. The, the Eagles roster is going to be fantastic next year. So even though they just won a Super Bowl, we talk about Super Bowl hangover all the time. Don't count out the Eagles. They could be back, and they could be very good next year. The Redskins are weird. The Redskins cannot seem to make up their mind at quarterback. I read an article today that said, could the Alex Smith deal fall through? I don't know. I really don't. I don't think so. I hope not. But, I mean, the Redskins deal, ah, I don't know. Alex Smith, I think, will be the Redskins quarterback next year. But, I don't know. They're trying. They're, they're flirting with the idea of franchise tagging Kirk Cousins so they can trade him, but I don't think anyone's going to want to trade for a quarterback that'll cost, I believe it'll cost $34 million next year. Like, that's absurd. Who wants to pay that much to Kirk Cousins? I have no idea. So I just, I don't know. The Redskins concern me. I think they're flirting with trouble, and I would stay far away from Kirk Cousins if I'm the Redskins. I'm going to let him go. I'm let him be free. I'm going to make that Alex Smith deal happen. I'm going to keep Alex Smith, use him as my quarterback uh, in Washington. The Giants' main question I have, are you going to use, who's your quarterback next year? Are the New York Giants going to pick Josh Rosen in the NFL draft? Or are they going to commit to Eli Manning? Or maybe both. Maybe they'll use Eli Manning early and eventually end up starting Josh Rosen. Here's what I would do if I was the Giants. I would move Eli Manning out of town. You never know when you're going to get a number two overall pick anytime soon. Use the number two overall pick to get Josh Rosen in New York and make that your franchise quarterback. I'm not a huge believer in Josh Rosen, but the dude's really good. He's fantastic. I think he's, I would rather have, if I'm the Browns, I'm picking Josh Allen or Sam Darnold. A lot of that's because Sam Darnold or Josh Rosen said he does not want to be in Cleveland. But 
Josh Rosen is the most ready to play quarterback in the entire NFL draft. And I think Josh Rosen could significantly help the Giants. I would take him in a heartbeat. Pair up Josh Rosen and Odell Beckham Jr. Match made in heaven. I would love to see that. So if I'm the Giants, I pick Josh Rosen in the NFL draft. And that's we'll find out. Are they going to commit to Eli Manning or Josh Rosen? I have no idea. My question about the Dallas Cowboys is how high are expectations? You're going to get Ezekiel Elliott back and you're not going to have a first place schedule like you had last year. So your schedule is going to be a little bit easier. I don't know. I, I, I do think Dak Prescott made big strides in his development last year. They just barely missed the playoffs at nine and seven. I think the Cowboys could make the playoffs this year. I don't know though. I'm really interested. Ezekiel Elliott will be back. Their offensive line is another year older, but I think Dak Prescott did improve. So we'll see. The Cowboys season next year will completely depend on Dak Prescott. And I hope that the Cowboys go out and get Dak Prescott another wide receiver. Go get Dak Prescott weapons so you can't make any excuses. That way, if Dak Prescott struggles and doesn't make it happen next year, you know he's the problem. Because the people can say, well, they didn't support him and get him good enough tight ends or good enough wide receivers. Then there's a cop-out. Don't give Dak Prescott any reason to say, he didn't deliver. If I want to see if Dak Prescott does poorly, it's because you didn't support him. Not because, sorry, if, if Dak Prescott struggles, I want, to be, I want it to be very clear that it's because he isn't doing well enough. Not because you didn't support him enough. Now the Raiders. Will the Raiders win the AFC West? They got Derek Carr, huge, signed a huge contract, a lot of pressure there. And you sign John Gruden actually do a huge contract as well. You have a, a superstar head coach, a superstar quarterback. Can the Raiders make it happen? Can they win their division? Can they take out the Kansas City Chiefs? I hope so. I think so. I think the Raiders are going to bounce back. We saw Derek Carr. He hurt his back earlier last year. And, and I actually met someone who had the same injury as him. And they couldn't walk. So the fact that Derek Carr was running around playing football with the injury he had to his, his spine last year is incredible. I think Derek Carr really struggled last year because of his injury, and I don't think that was a reported-on story enough. And I'm very curious to see how da- uh, Derek Carr bounces back next season. Here's my thought about the Chargers. They must draft a quarterback. I, I love Phillip Rivers. He's awesome. He's a world-class dad. He's a great franchise quarterback. But you better make a move soon. You better start the contingency plan to move on whenever Phillip Rivers does decide to retire. If the the Chargers don't draft a quarterback in the first or second round, I'm going to be concerned. Because it's it's really time to get the ball moving. You need a plan for eventually when Phillip Rivers retires. I'm curious to see what they do this offseason. I really am. I think they need to find some kind of help, some kind of backup for Phillip Rivers so they can start developing him for when the time comes that he moves on. Because he will move on. Philip Rivers is getting up there. Eventually, very soon, he will no longer be the Chargers quarterback. The Broncos. Who will be the Broncos quarterback next season? I have no idea. I'm thinking Kirk Cousins. If I'm Kirk Cousins, that's where I go. I think he has the best chance of winning in Denver, but I really don't know. I I, I don't think what here's what I don't think happens. I don't think they draft a quarterback. I really do think they're gonna sign Kirk Cousins. I think that's where he's gonna go. And if they do have to sign a quarterback, man, I like Baker Mayfield will be available. I would stay away from Baker Mayfield. I don't think he works in Denver. His arm is too weak. He's a small quarterback. You need a big, strong 
quarterback who can withstand the cold and withstand that weather. I don't know that Baker Mayfield is the guy for the Broncos. The Chiefs are interesting. The question with the Chiefs is, can Patrick Mahomes get them to a Super Bowl? I said the reason why the Chiefs moved away from Alex Smith was because they want to elevate their team. They want to get to the next level. And Alex Smith had reached his ceiling. He wasn't going to get them any farther. So the Chiefs took a risk. They said, we're going to get rid of it. We're going to ship Alex Smith off to Washington. And we're going to see, can Patrick Mahomes take the Kansas City Chiefs to the next level? They have the best roster in the entire NFL. Second only to the Houston Texans. Can Patrick Mahomes make it happen? I hope so. I believe in him. But I'm very curious to watch what Patrick Mahomes does next season in Kansas City. Now, the Steelers are kind of a wild card. I have no idea what the Steelers... You know, the question with the Steelers is, can they beat the Patriots? Because that's the only thing standing in their way. There's two teams in the AFC that are really good. The Patriots and the Steelers. I think what happened to the Steelers this year was they were so focused on playing the Patriots, they kind of forgot they had to play the Jaguars first. I really think they were too busy looking ahead. And that... Lack of judgment is ultimately the downfall every single time the Steelers get into a uniform. That's why, traditionally, the Patriots dominate the Steelers. It's the little details. The Patriots do details better than the Steelers. That's why every time, it seems like the Patriots have the number of the Steelers. Every time the Steelers and the Patriots play, the Patriots find a way to win because it's the small details that ultimately matter in the NFL. And the Browns. I think we're all rooting for the Browns. We all want the Cleveland Browns to win. And we just want to see, can they please, for goodness sake, can the Browns get a quarterback? You have the number one overall pick, and you have not one, not two, not three. You have four quarterbacks who appear like they're going to be NFL starters. If you can't get a quarterback from this draft, you not only do you not deserve a quarterback, you're never going to find one. You have the number one overall pick and the number four overall pick. I hope you better use the number one overall pick on a quarterback. See whatever you can get after that. People are saying take Saquon Barkley. No. Your franchise quarterback will win you games. Saquon Barkley will not. And I just, I don't know. I really think the the Browns must draft a quarterback. I would draft Sam Darnold. But even Josh Allen, I support that. Draft Sam Darnold or Josh Allen with the number one overall pick and invest in them, build their franchise. That is what the Browns must do this offseason. I heard a crazy story the other day. The Ravens were considering firing John Harbaugh this season. What? That, that surprised me a lot. And I'm very nervous for the future of the Baltimore Ravens and their head coach, John Harbaugh. Because if you're considering ending a relationship, it's already over. And so I really think this could be the beginning of the end for the Baltimore Ravens. They almost made the playoffs, and yet their owner said, "Mm, we may fire him. That's weird. I don't really understand that. I don't really follow that. I'm concerned about the Ravens and their head coach, John Harbaugh. The Bengals. Oh, the Bengals, the Bengals, the Bengals. So they brought back Marvin Lewis, their head coach, and they have their quarterback, Andy Dalton, who I have... I've never had less faith in Andy Dalton in my entire life. So going into last season, I was very excited for the Bengals. I thought they might even be a borderline playoff team because the AFC is by far the weaker division in the NFL. 
And the Bengals had a lot of weapons. They signed a lot of players. They got John Ross in the offseason. They had A.J. Green. I think I believe his name Tyler Eifert. I think that's their tight end's name. They had weapon after weapon after weapon, and yet somehow, uh, Giovanni Bernard, the Bengals could not make it happen. And that's in large part because Andy Dalton did not take care of business. I've, I've never, I've never had a lower opinion of Andy Dalton, and he better make it happen. If he doesn't make it happen this year, I'm done. I'm, I'm, I'm I can, honestly, I'm already done with Andy Dalton. I don't believe in him. I don't think he's an NFL quarterback that can win you a Super Bowl at least. He can win you games, but not a Super Bowl. And I think if the Bengals can't win this year with Andy Dalton, it's time to pull the plug and move on to something else. I know you have a huge contract with him, but Andy Dalton did not deliver this year. He better do something soon. The Colts. Oh, the Colts scare me. So the Colts just got screwed over by Josh McDaniels. Yeah, their words, not mine. Um, You know, I just wonder, is Andrew Luck okay? I don't know. He hurt his he hurt his spleen, and he didn't really throw last year. I I just I don't know what to make of it. I, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, he heard it last year. His spleen last year. His kidney. I don't I don't really remember. I think it was a spleen. Either way though, is Andrew Luck okay? And even if he is okay, who will their coach be? And even if he solve even if Andrew Luck's fine, even if the coach is fine, you still have no offensive line in place. So the Indianapolis Colts are very much in trouble. I'm worried about the Colts. And worried about the future. It's crazy how quickly things changed from... The Indianapolis Colts had hope. They were bringing in Josh McDaniels. One day they had hope. The next day, we're like, oh gosh, the Colts are a mess. Interesting thought. I'm, I'm worried about the future of the Indianapolis Colts. The Titans scare me a lot. The Titans uh, just hired Mike Vrabel as their head coach. Mike Vrabel, a first-time Head coach. I believe this is their third head coach in four years. And I don't know how this helps Marcus Mariota. You hired a defensive coach, and the big problem, the thing you need to solve, is you need to make Marcus Mariota better. You need to improve Marcus Mariota. I don't think hiring Mike Vrabel does that. I like Mike Vrabel. He's a good man. He's great in interviews. But that does not help Marcus Mariota win games. You need. I want to see improvement from Marcus Mariota, and to do that, he's going to need better coaching. So we'll see. I'm going to be very skeptical of the Titans coaching. I hope they win. Hope they're successful. There's good people in Tennessee, but I just, uh, I'm worried about them. Will the Jaguars be back? Can the Jacksonville Jaguars get themselves back into a position where they're right at the cusp of a Super Bowl? I don't know. I really don't. I think they might still dominate their division. You know, Deshaun Watson is coming back. I think the Titans will take a step back this year. But Blake Bortles looked really good. I think if Blake Bortles can play like he did against the Patriots in the playoffs all year next year, which, you know, we, we, we make fun of Blake Bortles. Two years ago, he had 35 touchdowns, played fantastic. So Blake Bortles is a capable NFL quarterback. No, he's not the top tier. He's not Jimmy Garoppolo. But the Jaguars are not awful. They have a good quarterback in place, and I do think the Jaguars could make a run, especially with the Colts not getting Josh McDaniels. Like, look at the AFC. AFC is just weak through and through. You have the Texans, the Steelers, the Patriots, and what else? Like, the Jaguars? That's it. That really is it. Oh, my bad, the Chiefs. Don't forget the Chiefs. They're good, too. I don't know. I'm really... I, I think that the Jaguars could be back in the playoffs doing well. The question with the Texans is this. 
is Deshaun Watson ready to dominate? Because, man, he looked incredible last year. Deshaun Watson was like, he was rookie of the year. Until Deshaun Watson got hurt, the dude was rookie of the year. So, man, the Texans are, they're primed. They're ready to go. I, I think if, if he's healthy, the Texans are scary. I don't think they, they're quite ready to beat the Patriots. I think they're still one more year away. There's like a brief window, maybe one to two years, where the Patriots will still be able to dominate the NFL. Dominate the AFC, I apologize. But, man, Deshaun Watson is the future of the NFL. Deshaun Watson and Jimmy Garoppolo are like the two quarterbacks. I'm, I'm, my hands are up. I'm nervous. I think they're going to dominate the NFL. So, is Deshaun Watson ready to dominate, and is he healthy? If he is, man, the Texans are going to be scary next year. Can anybody challenge the New England Patriots. Think about it. Think about it honestly. Their division is terrible. They have the Steelers' number. The Jaguars don't have a quarterback as good or a coach or a defense as good as the Patriots. Maybe a better defense, but that doesn't matter as much because you have a great quarterback. And unless the Texans can challenge the Patriots, they're going back to the Super Bowl. Who challenges the Patriots this year? Maybe Pat. if Patrick Mahomes can dominate the Chiefs with the Chiefs, maybe. But I think there's a brief window here for the Patriots where they're going to go. They could go to the Super Bowl one to two years in a row, like three years in a row. They go, last year, this year, next year, and year after that. That could be four years in a row in the Super Bowl for the Patriots. That's a realistic reality. That's possible. That could happen. I don't know. We'll see. I don't. I don't know that anybody can challenge the Patriots in the AFC next year, and we will find out very quickly. The two wild. I think they have the Steelers number. Steelers are pretty disorganized. The Chiefs are interesting, and the Texans are interesting. If those two teams are fantastic and have great quarterback play, like I think they should, they could they could challenge the Patriots, but that's it. There's only three teams in the AFC that can challenge the Patriots. The Steelers, the Texans, the Chiefs. Oh, I'm sorry, maybe the Jaguars. Maybe the Jaguars, if Blake Bortles is playing fantastic. I don't know. Patriots are looking good. The Jets, they don't have a quarterback. They have a defensive-minded coach. They're in trouble. Just plain and simple, I'm worried about the Jets. They better get a quarterback, and then we'll find out if Todd Bowles can actually coach. He he did he made he found a way to win some games with oh what's the guy's name that backup quarterback I don't even remember his name. See that's that's a problem. Josh McCown, Josh McCown. I think it's Josh McCown. The Jets found a way to win games with Josh McCown, so they're clearly not awful. But you need to get him a quarterback, and then if if you can find the quarterback. Then we'll figure out if Todd Bowles can actually coach in New York. The Bills' main question is, 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 are you actually committed to Tyrod Taylor or not? Because you drafted Nathan Peterman in the fifth round. You benched your starting quarterback, who you pay, I think, 26 million. He, he's played like an absurd amount of money. He's the highest paid player on the Buffalo Bills, and yet you benched him for a fifth round pick who looked terrible. I really think the Bills should commit to Tyrod Taylor. He's their guy. He's not a bad quarterback. And you can, you figured out the quarterback, go get him help. Instead of having all this drama, is he your guy, is he not our guy? He's your guy. Commit to Tyrod Taylor, who's a scrappy guy who can make plays, and worry about building your roster. That's what I would do if I was the Buffalo Bills. Dolphins have a very similar question. Are they committed to Ryan Tannehill? Unlike, see, Tyrod Taylor was benched in Buffalo. Ryan Tannehill was sidelined with an injury. And it was really disappointing because the Dolphins felt like this was their year. The Dolphins thought this was our year to make a run. That's why they signed Jay Cutler. They thought they had a chance to win a lot of games. 
and they didn't want to lose their whole season just because their quarterback went down. I believe the Dolphins believe in Ryan Tannehill more than people think. There's rumors they're going to draft a quarterback. I'm like, what? They have a franchise quarterback. They have a guy they believe in and a guy they were, until he got injured, they were incredibly excited about. I think Ryan Tannehill is the guy in Miami, and I think he's a good quarterback. I believe the Dolphins stay committed to Ryan Tannehill. That is the state of the league. I have no idea if that was interesting. I hope so. I think it was. I think my thoughts are fun and interesting, but of course I think my thoughts are interesting. Let me know. If you hated that, tell me, because I won't do it again next year. But if you do, awesome. Here's another thing I might do next year. This is, it is now basically the All-Star Weekend in the NBA. The Super Bowl has ended, and basically the NFL is done. We've got some off-season stuff that'll be fun. But it is now officially basketball season, in my opinion. So this is what I want to do. I want to start off by talking about... I did this before the NFL season started. So these are the most interesting stories in the NFL. I want to do that right now for the NBA. These are the most interesting stories in the entire NBA. I'm excited about these stories and pretty much these stories alone. If you're not one of the teams, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight teams I'm going to name... I don't care about you. I really don't. But these are the eight storylines in the NBA I'm excited about and I'm interested in. First of all, obviously, is the Cleveland Cavaliers and LeBron James. They made a ton of moves. If you missed it, I talked about it all podcast. I don't know how you would miss it. But the Cavaliers made a ton of huge moves at the trade deadline. And we'll see. They have three months to find out whether they can challenge the Warriors. I do not. I don't know that even... Michael Jordan's Bulls could challenge the Warriors. I truly believe that. I think they're probably the best team of all time. So I doubt the Warriors, the Cavaliers can figure it out and beat the Warriors. But it's an interesting storyline nonetheless. And does LeBron James stay in Cleveland? He's a free agent at the end of this year. Does he go? Does he stay? We'll find out. It's incredibly fascinating to me. The Warriors are by far the best team in the NBA. They have the big four. They have Draymond Green, Klay Thompson, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry. I think it's not even really a question, can the Warriors win another championship? The question is, are they the greatest team ever to play the game of basketball? Because I don't know who's going to challenge the Warriors. I know they're having kind of a rough patch right now. They're tired. They're frustrated. It happens. People burn out after a while. It's just what happens. I think the Warriors are going to win another championship this year. The question is how much? How much are they going to win by? That's the real question with the Warriors. If you missed it, I don't know how you would have missed it at this point, but the Lakers drafted Lonzo Ball at the number two overall pick, and many people are calling him a bust. I don't think he's a bust. Lonzo Ball, he, he's, he's doing well. He's helping the Lakers enough. They're, they're, he's moving the ball well. He's contributing. I like And I like Lonzo Ball. He's a good dude. I don't like his dad. I don't, I don't hate his dad. I think his dad would be fun to have a conversation with. Hey, plug, if you ever want to come on the show, LeVar Ball, you're welcome anytime. But Lonzo Ball is not a bust. And even though he may not be not even close to the best rookie in the NBA, he's by far the most important and the biggest one. He's one of the biggest young superstars in the NBA, which is weird because for a guy who's not very talented, he's incredibly polar. Like his girlfriend got pregnant the other day and the internet blew up. My whole Twitter feed was like, Lonzo, 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 Lonzo. People are obsessed with Lonzo Ball. So he may not be the best in the NBA, but Lonzo Ball is very fascinating. And he draws your attention to the Lakers. He's not going anywhere. He's the face of the Lakers. I love. I, I like Lonzo Ball a lot, actually. Kristaps Porzingis with the Knicks is interesting because Kristaps Porzingis, very similar to Deshaun Watson, is 
the superstar player. He was an all-star who just tore his ACL. Actually, just like Deshaun Watson did. He's a very promising star that played really well and has now been injured and had his season cut short. I'm excited. Christoph Porzingis, whoo-hoo, he's a, he's a talent and a half. My goodness. Christoph Porzingis is fantastic. I'm excited for his future, and I'm excited to see what he does with the Knicks down the road. Another big star is Giannis. I'm not going to say his last name. He's known as the Greek Freak with the Milwaukee Bucks. This dude, uh, he's not as good as LeBron. Everyone's saying, is he the next LeBron? No, there's not another LeBron coming anytime soon. But Giannis is the next face of the league. When eventually LeBron James moves on into NBA heaven or whatever, wherever he's going to go next, Giannis is the next big thing. It's Giannis and Kristaps Porzingis, the Knicks and for some reason, the Milwaukee Bucks, they're going to be the two biggest, most interesting franchises in the NBA in the future because they're going to have the two biggest stars. I love Giannis. I love Kristaps. I'm excited for the future of the Knicks and the Milwaukee Bucks. If you missed it, I don't know how you did again. I don't know how you, I don't know how you got to this point without knowing this, but for you, people are like, hey, the NBA season's finally just starting. Uh, last offseason, Chris Paul made his way over to Houston. He plays for the Rockets now. And he looks, he's, I, I think he's really good. I think they're interesting. When they're both on the court together, they're very interesting. James Harden is probably the league MVP. I would go with LeBron, but, you know, I love LeBron too much. Everyone says that. Whatever. I'm curious. Um, the big sense of drama to me is, can Chris Paul and James Harden lure LeBron? How much success will LeBron have with Cleveland this year? And if, if, the, if the Rockets are close to beating the Warriors, he might just say, look, the Cavaliers are good without me. I'm going to move on, go to the Rockets, and really take my chances trying to go head-to-head with the Warriors. The Thunder are incredibly interesting. They have Russell Westbrook, who's, you know, I don't, I don't love Russell Westbrook, but he's a joy to play. My, to, watch, to watch Russell Westbrook play basketball is an honor. It's a ton of fun, and I really enjoy it. They have Paul George. Now, the big sense of drama with the Oklahoma City Thunder right now is, will Paul George come back for next season? Is he going to go to the L.A. Lakers? Is he going to stay in OKC? I doubt he stays in OKC. Would you want to go to Oklahoma City? Probably not. A good friend of mine uh, lives in Austin, Texas. Been to Oklahoma City a couple times. Does not recommend it. There's not much there. It's like, look up Spokane, Washington. It's about, I think, a very similar city to Spokane, Washington. Just not a place you want to live if you are an NBA superstar like Paul George is. If you can go home, he's from L.A. I think Paul George is going to the Lakers this offseason. But regardless, if they have a lot of success, it's interesting. They just beat the Warriors very quite significantly. Um, and I'm curious to see what Paul George does this offseason. Does he go? Does he stay with the Thunder? He probably goes to the Lakers. We will find out. The last storyline that's interesting to me in the NBA is the Philadelphia 76ers. They are eighth in the East. They have Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, two really good players. Ben Simmons should have been an all-star in my opinion. But man, the other interesting aspect with the 76ers, even though you know they were awful last year, and they're kind of, it's like they've improved significantly. They're now eighth in the East. They're probably, I think they're on, they're on the edge of making the playoffs. I hope they make the playoffs. What's interesting about the 76ers is their number one overall pick, Markel Fultz, appears to be out for the season. 
with a shoulder injury. He's not been shooting. He's probably shut down for the year. J.J. Redick was quoted talking about it recently. I don't know what to make of that. I, I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm going to keep my eye. You and me, we're going to keep our eyes on the 76ers because they're interesting. They went from basically being the Cleveland Browns a couple of years ago to now they're in the mix. They're in the rotation. They're competing for a playoff spot in the Eastern Conference of the NBA. I like that. I think that's interesting. It's a good story. It's a good turnaround story. But it's interesting, again, is Markel Fultz, is he done? He had a bad shot. So they, the problem was his, his shoulder was injured because he had a bad shot, apparently. So they shut him down shooting, and now he's not going to play maybe the rest of the year. I don't know what to make of it. I really don't. And apparently they're going to try to restructure his entire shot. If you can't shoot a jumper in the NBA, you're screwed. Like, not in today's NBA. You're not going to be a big star. The way three-point shots are shot and made in the NBA, you got to be able to make threes. And I don't know that Markel Fultz is the guy. He may be a bust. So Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, they make the 76ers interesting because they made them go from awful to not bad. They're in the mix. They're the eighth in the East. And even more interesting is, was the number one overall pick, Markel Fultz, from last season's NBA draft. Is he a bust? Like, I don't know. If he can't shoot, he's definitely a bust in my opinion. You don't use a number one overall pick. Like, look at looking back, Markel Fultz and Lonzo Ball both are two guys that they might be, you know, I don't consider Lonzo a bust, but people do. A lot of people do consider him a bust. Lonzo could be considered a bust, and Markel Fultz could be considered a bust. That's weird. That, I don't know. That's interesting to me. All right. Well, that is the entire podcast. I feel like I've talked forever and ever and ever. I hope that was interesting. I have no idea. Um, but if you like this podcast, you can find it on iTunes, on SoundCloud, on YouTube. Subscribe on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and on YouTube. You can find the full entire hour-long podcast on YouTube. You can also find my best, most interesting clips on YouTube. If you like this podcast, share this with your friends. Tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. It would help me a lot. It would mean a lot to me. Um, and I just, I would love your help growing my podcast. This is my dream. It's my favorite thing in the world to do. Um, and I really appreciate you watching. I, I had a tough week. I apologize for getting this out to you guys so late, but I appreciate you listening. I appreciate you watching, and uh, I hope you guys have a great day. My name is Zach Schallmer. Thank you so very much for watching, and have a great day. But um, bum, bam, we're done.